Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Kings chapter 12, and today's title is Somebody Slap Him. <laughs> you going to understand why I'm saying that in just a minute, but somebody slap him. I tell you, one time I was sitting in a room one day, and there was a young man who got up. And we were in the process of trying to figure out what to do and what we were going to do. It was, it was a lot of problems, not a lot of answers, right? Well, the number one thing we needed to not do was to not panic. We needed to just, uh, just chill, just think through it. There was always an answer. We just have to think through it. This young man got up, and he started saying all the wrong things. You ever, you ever been around that person, or have you ever been that person? That's been me. And it got to where I was just embarrassed. I was just embarrassed for this poor guy. I was like, man... You ever heard that old phrase, it is better to appear to be a fool and keep your mouth shut than to open your mouth and uh, remove all doubt, right? (laughs) That was this guy. And after a while, I was like, somebody, please, can an angel or somebody just stop this guy from embarrassing himself anymore? And finally, I think it was one of his friends, it was whoever was beside him was like, hey, hey, that's enough. That's... (laughs) I wish so bad in two different instances in the stories we're going to read today that have been somebody, an angel, somebody to have pulled on the robe of, of these guys and go, hey, can, can you not do that? <laughs> but they didn't. God's got a plan. And we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But before we do that, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you always like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for helping us slowly get to a 1,000. We are so excited about that. And if you would help us by like, sharing, subscribing, it really does help. Also, for all of our podcast listeners, thank you so much. I see you on the Apple Podcast, and I see you on the Spotify, and it really blesses my soul to see you guys sharing those. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Also, let us know how you're engaging with God's Word. And then, of course, over at the Bible Breakdown discussion. Man, the more we dig, the more we find. And I love reading those devotions every day. And so I also love watching how you engage with them. So please keep doing so. It's awesome. We have your Bible. You want to open up with me to 1 Kings chapter 12. Let me make sure and set up the story for you before we jump in. Remember, David was king. David wanted to have an eternal dynasty. And God said to him, as long as you're your kids obey me, they're gonna always, there's always gonna be a son of David on the throne in Jerusalem, as long as they obey me. He wanted to build a temple and he couldn't. But he elevated Solomon to be the next king over Israel. And Solomon, he really fulfilled a lot of David's hopes. He was the next king in the line of, of David. He also built the temple. He had peace over most of his reign, and it was really an awesome thing. But as Solomon's life continued, he married a lot of foreign wives who brought their religions with him or with them, and it started to turn his heart away from the Lord. And so eventually the Lord told him, hey, because you didn't follow me, I'm not going to let you continue or your family to continue to rule over all of Israel. Now, because of David, I'm going to allow one tribe, the tribe of Judah, to stay with David's lineage. But all the other ones... They're going the other way. And it really was just as a favor to David. But I'm not going to do it in your lifetime, Solomon, because of your father, David. 
But as now Solomon's about to die, a civil war is about to happen in a fulfillment of what God had told uh, Solomon because of the sin. So we're going to watch this. And like I said, two different times, you're just going to want to slap a fool. <laughs> just don't do that. Okay, so if you're ready, here we go. Let's read it together. First Kings chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all of Israel had gathered to make him king. It's a wonderful day, right? Verse 2, when Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us, and we will be loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Now pause. So what had happened was, is during the lifetime of Solomon, he was constantly building things and fixing things and all of that. Well, the way he did that is he had to have workers, and they had to have taxes to pay for the projects. So it's one of the things we don't always think about. When we think of people in history who built these great things, well, someone's got to build it, and someone's got to pay for it. So because Solomon was always doing the things, it caused a lot of the people of Israel to just constantly have work to do and constantly having to pay taxes. And so they've come to to Rehoboam and say, hey, look, can we not build something for a while? <laughs> can we kind of rest a little while? And so this is what happens in verse 6. The king Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How shall I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the younger men who he had grown up with at work that were also his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How shall I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens and imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you shall tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My finger is, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I will beat you with scorpions. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> you want to talk about the worst advice ever. Like, think about it for a moment. Somebody's coming to you and they say, hey, we're struggling. Hey, this is a hard season. Is there any way you can make it lighter? One group of people says, you know what? Have mercy on them. Make it a little bit lighter, and they will love you and serve you forever. Another group of people says, oh, no, you tell them, I'm going to make this even harder. You know why? Because I can't. Who do you think we're going to listen to here? Obviously, we should listen to the first people. Let's see if that's what old good Jeroboam, and, or excuse me, old Rehoboam does. You ready? Here we go. Verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision just as the king had ordered. Here we go. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors. And he followed the counsel of his younger advisors, and he told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I will beat you with scorpions. Pause. Can somebody slap a fool upside the head? You want to talk about the worst thing to say? 
Mm-mm-mm. But here we go. Verse 15. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord. So, okay, God, God can use everybody, including idiots, for his purpose. That's, <laughs> that's basically what that means. Here we go. For it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, the son of Nebad, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David! We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by the descendants of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return to Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David, which of course fulfilled the prophecy that Ahijah had said just a chapter before. Here we go, verse 21. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 select troops to fight against the men of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But God said to Shemaiah, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah and Benjamin and to the rest of the people. This is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relatives. The Israelites go back home for this happened by my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord, went home as the Lord commanded. Jeroboam then built the city of Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and it became the capital. Later, he went and built a town called Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, unless I am careful, the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David. Now pause. He is realizing that these people still love David. They don't like Rehoboam that much. <laughs> they were real tired of Solomon, but they love David and they love the temple. He even says this in verse 27. When these people go to Jerusalem and to offer sacrifices to the temple of the Lord, they will again give their allegiance to King Rehoboam of Judah and they will kill me and make him their king instead. This is the second time you want to slap a fool upside the head. So this is what it says. So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two golden calves. And he said to the people, It is too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. Ugh. Somebody quick slap him in the head. Verse 29. He placed these golden calves, or these calves, idols, in Bethel and in Dan at either end of his kingdom. But this became a great sin, for the people worshipped the idols, traveling as far as Dan to worship one there. Jeroboam also erected buildings to the pagan shrines and ordained priests from the common people, those who were not from the priestly tribe of Levi. And Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel and held on the 15th day of the 8th month an in imitation of the annual festival of shelters in Judah. There at Bethel, he himself offered sacrifices to the calves he had made, and he appointed priests for the pagan shrines that he had made. And on the 15th day, on the 8th month, a day that he himself had designated, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar at Bethel. He instituted a religious festival for Israel, and he went up to the altar to burn incense. Mm. 
Somebody. <laughs> oh, that's so frustrating. Because if you think about it, all the way back in the book of Exodus, that's what they did back then. When Moses was on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, they looked at Aaron and it was like, hey, what happened to Moses? Somebody needs to lead us. And so Aaron made a golden calf, which is a symbol of Baal, and said, hey, look, there's the guy who brought us out of Egypt. Ugh. So here we go again, doing the same thing again. And this is a moment where God told Jeroboam, remember last chapter, he said, hey, if you will follow me, I'm going to give you a lasting dynasty. And so here's the moment when Jeroboam is like, hey, I don't know what to do. I better do something. So he does the wrong thing. Slap him in the head. Rehoboam follows the wrong advice. Somebody slap him in the head. <laughs> Bad things happen. I think there's so many things we could take away from these stories that the Holy Spirit could teach us. But I think this is what I would love for you to think about today. And then, of course, you think about whatever God puts in your mind. Both of these men made grave mistakes based upon the advice they received. Rehoboam listened to the advice of his young advisors and tore the kingdom, not even in half. I mean, he only, he, he lost most of the kingdom. Jeroboam saw a problem. He listened to bad advice, followed the wrong way, and led an entire nation into disaster. I want to ask you a question. What advice are you listening to? I think well-meaning people can give bad advice. Can I tell you, I've had bad people give me great advice before. Because it just so happened, you know, they, you know, they say a, a, a broken clock is still right twice a day. You know, So when it comes to it, sometimes you have to be very, so very careful who you listen to. But God is always for you. That's one reason why we read God's word every day is because the foundation of who we are needs to be who we are in Christ and what God says to us, about us, and for us. Then on top of that, it's always okay to listen to the advice of others, but we should always bring it back and say, does it align with God's word? Is what they're suggesting I do, does it violate the principles of God's word? For instance, if you're struggling in your finances and someone says to you, you know what you ought to do? You really ought to start stealing from your company. Now, they wouldn't say it like that. They'd say it, you know, maybe you can, you can cook the books a little bit or you can take a little bit here, a little bit there. It's fine. It's a multi-million dollar company. You're not paid enough anyway. And they say, yeah, it sounds like pretty good advice. That really would help those, those, that bottom line kind of even up. But then you go to God's word. And God's word says, don't steal. Be, have integrity. Do the right thing. Well, that's, that's easy enough, right? You know, it doesn't matter if it sounds good. If it doesn't line up with God's word, we don't do it. And then there's so many things that get into those gray areas. But we bring it back to, does it line up with God's word? Because here's the thing. Advice can sound good at the time, but it can lead to horrible places. So we always make sure it lines up with God's word and then go from there. So I ask the question again, whose advice are you listening to? And then here's a follow-up question. Does it line up with God's word? You may say, but Pastor Brandon, it's a real good idea, and I'm in a whole lot of trouble and all this kind of stuff. Well, notice what happened to both Rehoboam and Jeroboam. They were in a real bad way. They needed advice. They did what sounded good, but it led to horrible places. I know sometimes we get so much difficulty, and there's fear, and there's anger, and we're just looking for a way out. But if you don't follow God, you may have a way out for a moment, but it always leads to bad places. On the other side, following God can be hard. 
following God can mean we have to take extra steps. We don't cut corners. We, we, we do things we'd rather not do. We, we, we take the next step, all those different things. But we do them because they always lead to the very best places in the end. It's a hard one, but God's faithful. And wherever he guides, he also provides. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are with us and you are for us. God, I'm so thankful for your mercy. I can't even count how many times I was the guy that needed to get slapped upside the head, said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, made the wrong decision. I'm thankful for your mercy. I'm thankful, God, that you restore us everywhere we fall, everywhere we fail, every time we forget who you've made us. I pray, God, today that as people grapple with difficult decisions and we have to choose between what is right and what is easy, we will always choose what is right because that's where your glory lies. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, as you see the nation of Israel going downhill more and more, the scripture we're reading makes sense. When Elijah looked at them and said in 1 Kings 18.21, Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If the Lord is God, follow him and watch what he does. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Kings chapter